0: Welcome to Las Vegas, Nevada, where we are here at Shop Talk, the premier convention of technology people in retail, getting together to talk about what's new. We have some exciting people with us to join us on our podcast, retails from the front line, where it's like a dinner party and we sit down and chat. I'm Matt Rubel, your host, and we're sponsored by MasterCard today. And we have two very interesting people joining us from different parts of the world, from San Francisco to Dubai, to talk about are malls alive and vibrant, or are they challenged, and what are the changes that are going on in those exciting places. We have the CEO of MR uh, Malls, Patrick Bousquet Chavon who is a noted global brand builder and executive for many, many years. And then we have Kevin McKenzie, who has helped to start up Brandbox within Mace Rich. And Kevin has been a noted technologist and someone who has been involved in helping to, through technology, reinvent the mall business and what's going on there. So are malls just places to shop today, or are they something different?
1: Why don't we go all the way to Dubai and start with you, Patrick? Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having us today. Malls are in a phase of substantial transformation. And I think whether it is from San Francisco, Hong Kong, Beijing, or or Dubai, there is clearly a reappraisal of the raison d'etre for malls around the world. And I think the time to consider shopping as a purely transactional mode, those days are, are long gone. Our views at EMAR is that malls are becoming platforms. Platforms that every day have to stream new content. And they just happen to be amazing physical platforms that have retail offers, product as content, but also should offer amazing experiences to the consumers that visit those platforms. We're, we're very lucky. The Dubai Mall, uh, which is one of the the largest retail, leisure, entertainment platform in the world, saw eighty three million visitors last year. An amazing amount of number. Two hundred nationalities. And our ambition is really to cater to this diverse world of family, very democratic place, but also a place that very high net worth individuals visit. And the key question is, what is the customer proposition?
0: So you're creating entertainment as well as transactions and things like that. So, I mean, there you are in the middle of the desert. They've created this great, fun place to go and that's what you're doing. You're trying to add the dimension to that. So when we come back to the United States and see some of the things that you're doing, Kevin, we have these more traditional-based malls here, as opposed to the great mall that they have over there that has always had some entertainment and other things in it. What's kind of the key focus of what you're doing with Brandbox and then you know, how you see the ability to use technology to kind of reinvent the activities and engage with customers more? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Patrick. I mean, there is a massive transformation
2: happening and it starts with the consumer. But if you look at retail, it's it's an interesting time. So, Yes, you have older brands that were born originally offline that are either going bankrupt or they're transforming themselves and their businesses and their experience. But in return, you have hundreds of thousands of what the industry has called direct-to-consumer or digitally native brands that are born online. You look at e-commerce platforms like Shopify. I mean, they have 600,000 brands that have been born and at some point, these brands touch just about everybody they possibly can on Facebook and Google, and they have to open stores. And so what we started to see was this trend, meaning a lot of the newer brands that would go to market in our shopping centers, malls, town squares, like Untucket is a great example, we started to follow them. We started to get to know the founders. And
0: what we learned is that these- Aaron's made the looser fit now, so yeah, it's that's better it. for me I now. Know, same so you me, know, thank he God. only had the slim fit for, yeah, for no, that's before. right. So, so it's really good.
2: So these brands, you know, they want to open stores, but they don't know how. And they also they want a place where they can learn. They want to know if they're gonna open a lot of stores because it's not cheap. They need a place to learn. And so we came up with a system or a platform we call Brand Box, and it's a couple things. we talked to about 40 different founders of these companies to understand what they need. And what came back is they need education. They need a flexible lease because they want to learn and iterate, and they need flexible real estate. And so what Brandbox is, it's like a big Tetris game. We took about 11,000 square feet of space. The walls move. It can host up to six storefronts. It's pre-configured with nine miles of fiber.
0: So 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 effectively – Easy things to open. They can experiment, you know, quickly. I've seen, you yep. know, Michael Mina's, you know, ki- you know test kitchen yeah. and stuff like that. That yeah. They kind of can change concepts. Yep. It's like WeWork, but, you know, uh, totally. done for retail. And,
2: and we take care of everything. Even, you know, they don't have to deal with permitting, right? That was a big, you know, lesson for them to have to learn. And how do you deal with the municipalities on things like permitting, store design. And then we pre-configure the box, With all the technology they need, specifically analytics. So they're able to, just like they're able to to measure their digital presence, we're able to tell them how many people total are in the mall, how many people walk by, how many people go in, and they can correlate that with their point of sale. But even better, we always heard anecdotally that a store lifts e commerce business. We help them measure that too by zip code in the trade area. So we put it
0: all in one platform, in one box. To help them so, test and learn. So basically what we hear is, you know, we're trying to bring entertainment to the mall, but also digitally native companies are actually finding out that they can grow to a certain size and profitability uh, digitally. Mm-hmm. But then they have to actually come to be able to be touched yeah. By the consumer and be there because there's actually still more shopping done face to face, you know, with the brand. So so do you have a way of like kind of creating that dynamic energy over in Dubai as well?
1: Totally agree with 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 Kevin. I think that for malls to to evolve, they have to become stages where you can actually incubate new ideas and, and new brands. Right. But isn't it so expensive to rent a space it, but, in your but, but mall? No. I mean, it's, it, it's is got, ex- like, it is you an know, expensive proposition. Eighty which is, million which people, why, which is why you have to offer those platforms. And I think Brandbox is a great idea. We actually are launching in September of this year a concept very similar uh, to Brandbox. It's a, the mall operator launching the concept. Yeah. It is basically a platform that will allow us to incubate new brands. Actually, we're bringing in basically 30 new fashion brands, which are for the first time in the Middle East, offering them the same type of analytics and consumer understanding and obviously consumer base potential of 80 million visits. Right. And I think the point is to bring the cost of entry down. One of the reasons why all malls look alike around the world is basically the cost of access is quite high. So whether it's a brand brand box or whether we are calling it the drop, uh-huh. and you come in and you drop for one season, we'll give you the analytics if the brand performs is that well. Like a pop up store, it's like a it's a, it's a large scale integrated pop up store, so that you can actually benefit from the entire ecosystem of the mall. We like Kevin was saying, we'll be offering the brand the analytics how the brand performing, and we'll also bring them online at the same time through our Namshi partnership. Namshi is basically the largest today, fashion pure play in the Middle East. Yeah, didn't you just acquire that? Yeah, we, we just basically secured the, the, we owned 51% since 2017, and we basically just bought the remaining interest in the, into, into Namshi. And the reason we did that is to basically really synergize the online and the offline. Dubai Mall today is the, the largest share and leader in fashion in the Middle East. And Namshi was the leading pure play fashion, kind of the ASOS of the Middle East. So it gives us and gives brands now double access. Wow. And some brands can basically they play online only, and a lot of them will first lead online and we'll see how they perform. So you can basically take them into market online and offline. And and online and, and offline. offline. And, and you know, where does the notion that mall operators have to be only physical mall operators? Right. You know, If you look at the know-how and the expertise that we all bring to the party in terms of curating great brands right. for the benefit of the end customers, that proposition translates online as well. So our ambition is to bring the two together. And well, afford- you,
0: you have convenience. And so convenience is the key driver of all malls, You which know, is driven off real estate but also you're making virtual real estate through your acquisition, you know, and and what you've done. And it's a
1: blend of the two, you're
0: right. And uh, and today's pace is so much faster. So you've got change and you've got opportunity. I mean,
2: and that's the thing is, I mean, look, it's... Should you invest
0: in these things? I mean, do you have a platform to invest? Actually, we are. There was just an
2: article written today, which we can finally talk about. So we are a limited partner in a, a venture fund called Fifth Wall. And we actually have a fund just for investing in digitally native brands. And what's nice, it's very complimentary because we can invest, but then we can also help them with their real estate. So it's, a, it's very synergistic in that sense, which makes a lot of sense. And we've got a lot of great investments in companies like Untucket, for example, is a great investment. And, and look, we're not looking to be their sole landlord. We philosophically went in to say we'd like to be a preferred landlord to help them learn. And make them successful, and I think Brandbox is a great platform to do that. It teaches them how to
0: use real estate effectively. So we're getting to know the consumers more. We're changing out things more in malls today, especially the A malls where you can afford to do these things. But the question is, is a mall just to sell, you know, soft goods and hard goods? No, or, or is it something more than that? No, I don't know. The... No, you're seeing Patrick, but we are.
2: I mean, we're seeing massive transformation. We just recently launched, we took an old Barney's department store and turned it into co-working next to a beautiful new Apple store. On top of that, we're bringing in all these experiential concepts. One we worked with called Canditopia, where kids can come in, they're big Instagrammable moments. I mean, we saw thousands and thousands and thousands of people lining up to see this. And so for us, We're not trying to hold on to traditional retail. We're doing the opposite. We're actually totally embracing this transformation. And you're going to hear this term more and more called multi-use, multi-use, right, which is housing, office, entertainment, retail.
1: And I think that's the big transformation that we're all under right now. I completely subscribe. I, I think that the reinvention starts with the store itself. I mean, we've invested a lot of effort recently and capital into the diversification away from pure, pure retail and making sure that the store that we have within the mall are highly curated. So I think that the future of malls and of retail is actually the store itself and what happens in the store that mm-hmm. you eventually have within your mall. It's like a great magazine. I go back to that everyday publishing, content publishing platform. It's a great magazine that needs to be relevant for the customer base that you, that you invite. And in a great magazine, you're going to have a travel section, you're going to have a food section, you can going to have an entertainment section, you can going to have a fashion section, yeah. and electronics. So our approach is exactly that to diversify what the customers have in front of them when they come to the mall. We have an average dwell time of over two and a half hours in the mall, which is really substantial. Absolutely. What do they do over two and a half hours? Great F and B. I mean, you go to from QSR all the way down to very fine yeah. dining through casual dining. F and B means food and beverage. Uh, food, for- food and beverage really is a very substantial draw nowadays. I mean, the Dubai Mall has close to 200 restaurants in, inside, and we see basically that being a compelling reason to come as well over the weekend. But on the back end of food and beverage, obviously they do go to entertainment, and the activation side of the store is quite high. So the engagement of the customers, I think, is what we are all looking for. And and the well, a social. On I mean, the the,
0: let's pause for a second because you know we talk about traffic and transactions and all those kind of things. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're bringing back the social imperative of the of the space. And and, you know, we talk about social totally. media, totally. Yeah. but actually social media really just swiped it from the social aspect of shopping. And so bringing back these gathering places. So what's the key to kind of letting the the younger consumers who really had a moment in time where they just stopped going? Right. The shopping was different. What What's going to bring them back to all of a sudden get them to kind of go to this place that they generationally missed? Well, I think it's, I mean, One of our objectives with Brandbox is to bring brands
2: that you'd only see online to the physical world. And so we proactively created real estate that was conducive to being able to do that modular space that could move around, that you could turn out brands within days, not months. And they have all the technology. They can not only host a store, but they can host an event. And they've got great parking, great food to complement that. So you make it really easy. And in return, these people come and they go, wow, wow. I've never physically experienced this before. And I think we're, as operators of malls and shopping centers, I think we're we're learning, but we're, we're progressing forward. We're actually
1: incredibly excited about it. I think this is an area where probably there is a big difference between the Middle East and, and the Western world, in as much as malls have already been a destination of choice. It's a very young population, very affluent, highly influenced by what's happening on the digital world. They are hyper-connected. And therefore, if you think about the weather condition as well, the mall has an air- Condition destination with a lot of entertainment as we're saying food and beverage allow them to come in and to discover so it's how we all keep that proposition totally relevant for those younger generation beyond the millennials and and Gen Z and potentially really harvest I think as Kevin was saying those brands and those proposition entertainment proposition that are basically very much very much at the core of their interest and I think we are looking also looking very closely at what we are broadcasting in terms of the, the movie theaters and we we really seeing depending what's what 's happening we have twenty six movie theaters in the mall what we are showcasing and the stories we are telling mm-hmm. around the movie that we are launching in the mall well, but bring the those enter- younger crowd
0: the entertainment aspect of this really becomes more important because convenience has been disrupted totally. The mall used to be a place that not only was social but it was a place where it was more convenient to go shopping. They created these regional hubs of things. So convenience has been disintermediated by the Amazons of the world where it's like, you know, at 6 a.m., it's just sitting for you at your door, which brings it more to that imperative of we may not be number one in convenience, but we are number one in fun and in places to discover. And so that's what you're doing with both creating more flexibility In terms of what can be Mm -hmm. there, as well as actually going out and bringing the newest, hottest, not just item, but newest and hottest brands by investing in them.
2: Absolutely. No, I mean, we are curators, right? And you have to curate for the newer generation. You need flexible space to do it. And you need programs and platforms that attract these brands to want to work with you in the first place. I think that's what we're all learning and we're doing.
1: But I think it's a question of going beyond what exists today and linking into not not giving up on the convenience point, Matt. I think we have to be convenient. Uh, We just started a service, for example, to pick up all the VIP customers throughout all the five-star hotels in Dubai. The Dubai Mall is sending them the car. We bring them to the mall. We have a VIP service in five languages waiting for them, personal shoppers uh, to really make sure that their time spent with us is of a lot of personal fulfillment and they walk away with an amazing reaction to to their to their time at the, the mall. And I think we're going to have to go beyond that, shipping from the mall to home, free of charge. If those are the lessons that eventually I think we all have to take to respond, because there's no reason why a, an online site should be able to deliver goods faster than we are when we have a physical marketplace today.
2: Well, it's interesting. I mean, I actually think a lot of brands are making the mall more convenient. I mean, you look at we have a lot of brands that that really use the real estate for multiple use cases. So you take Interior Define, right? They're a new way of buying furniture and decorating your house. So they took take an appointment online and they fulfill it in the store. You have Madison Reed, which invented hair dyeing, but at a at a very inexpensive price. So. They built their whole business online, but they're actually executing the transaction and, ex- and giving the consumer experience. They take the booking online, and then they ultimately fulfill another facial company called Heyday. So
0: there's all. So kinds it's really of- just a fully integrated world, but to. Patrick's point, I think service, if you can think of a VIP service online, that's really going to make somebody feel special and different. I haven't found it yet. Yeah, I mean, there's certain, you know, concierge services online that you can have and things like that, but they're not going to bring you to an experience the way it would happen at a mall. Is that something that, you know, in the more broad, not just luxury malls, is that something that service is something that you all are looking at here in the United States as well? Absolutely. I think for us, I mean, we We don't want to provide the service. We want to
2: give the infrastructure for the brands to fulfill the service, right? So if they're going to do same-day delivery or buy online, pick up in-store, we need more storage, Right? We need to give them infrastructure, just like they rent a technology stack on, from AWS or Google. We need to rent them infrastructure in the physical world to create great experiences for their consumers. That's how we think about it.
1: Uh, so I, think, I think it's interesting that uh, service must be integrated at the heart of those new, basically, retailer platforms, right? There's no reason why, historically, the marketplaces were born online. The first marketplaces were actually the malls themselves. Yeah. In terms of diversity of content. I think we have to regain now that notion of service and experience that you can translate online. Yeah. I don't think it's an either or. I think it's the fusion of those two worlds with the service centric. There's a humanity in physical retail yeah. that you don't have online. And I think we all have to, to leverage that. That's right. So
0: humanity comes back to what I think I'm getting the picture of what you two are, are doing, which is pretty spectacular and exciting, which is bringing back social engagement, bringing back energy bringing back the dynamics, getting to know the customers, enabling businesses and marketplaces much, much more, and at the same time, connecting with the customer better. So the mall is actually kind of transformed from, huh, something came up behind us, to now they're using their physical space to actually platform, create better entertainment, better service, more dynamic offerings, and bigger ideas where they can engage the next generation of shoppers. And you've heard it here on Retails from the Frontline, where we have Patrick Bousquet-Chavant, who is a leading brand builder and an amazing individual, CEO of Amar Malls, and Kevin McKenzie, who's the EVP and Chief Digital Officer at MaceRich. We're live here in Las Vegas at Shop Talk, and we want to thank MasterCard for bringing everybody here together for an exciting and dynamic conversation. And we look forward to everybody seeing you have a little fun in Dubai or in San Francisco or wherever you find a great Mace Rich Mall. So thanks, Kevin and Patrick. I'm Matt Rubel, and this is Retails from the Frontline.